Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. You can send your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. And I want you to know that we do take your prayer requests seriously before the Lord. And we love to hear from you. So please keep sending them. You can find the Warren Radio on Sayscape, Telegram, USA.life, MeWe, CloudHub, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Linktree, Pure Social, and Gab Social. You can also listen to our shows through the following carriers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. You can also go to warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com to download and listen to the shows. Be sure to catch the latest articles by The Watchman. And this week we feature America, Shadow of Misdirection. In America, we find the shadow of misdirection has been pushed to take your attention from the real issue at hand. Prophecy Shaking Nations The shaking of nations, men with their own agendas, from a movement of rebellion to, to, to seduce the world, it is the action prophecy shaking nations which will be the final word on all things. And Destiny's Prophetic Progress in America is an ongoing battle against the monster which pursues its goals of devouring every vestige of this nation. For years, this nation has been on a cataclysmic cataclysmic, sorry, course of a scale that would make the nation shudder. And you can go to warren-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com to read the latest articles and please download them and pass them around to your friends and we thank you for doing that. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. Welcome to Sound the Shofar. 
Well, thank you. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm perfect. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yes, Well, dear. the sun came out. <laughs> and guess what? It's going to be 59 today, I believe, and sunny all day. Won't that be amazing? It is amazing. Melt all this snow we have. Yeah, especially, you know, when you look out and see all the snow that is out there. Yeah. At any rate, and down south they had all kinds of storms as well, tornadoes. 24 in four states, I think I've seen. Well, you know, they've gotten that, that group of tornadoes before. That's, you know, I've I've seen it in years past. But. Uh, 53. It's going to be a high of 53. When? Today. Friday. It's today Friday? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? And it's going to be sunny all day. Tomorrow's <laughs> Friday. No, today's Friday. This is sound to show far. Oh, okay. I never know what day it is. You yeah, know. I'll keep you straight. See, I go by weather. You know, in the winter time, the time is winter. You know, when spring gets here, the time is spring. It's morning, spring, noon, spring, evening, spring, sleeping at night. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway. I mean, it'd be so much simpler if you just had four times. You know. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack. <laughs> <laughs> that's even. <laughs> yeah, that's even better. Well, we're going to have to get going okay, with this. Okay. So we're in Romans part 12, Righteous Servants. Okay. And I'll see you on the other side. She'll see me on the other side. Okay. Well, in Romans 6, we're coming down to the end of it. And, of course, if you haven't been with us, go back to Romans, you know, part 11, and you'll pick up some of this. But uh, verse 16, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin and death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Now see, that is Paul explaining to the Romans. And of course, he's speaking to a bunch of Jews as well as uh, Gentiles mixed in here because the reason that they got the gospel, they went down for Pentecost and they heard Peter preaching down there and they took the gospel back to them and uh, <clears throat> you know when you talk about to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey his servants you are and that includes in nations of men you know and this is where Christianity runs into trouble in China and North Korea and in India and in Pakistan and many other nations. You see, the people running the place, you know, they're the ones in charge. And so they don't like anybody that don't absolutely adhere to what they say. And in America, it, it's no different, especially with the Democrats in control. And, uh, you know... We are their servants now because they're in control, which they've got wrong. 
But see, in a lot of the nations of men, Christians are servants unto God, period. Now, you see, in as much as possible, you know, we live at peace with all men. We live at peace and, and work and obey the government laws. But when the laws confront the word of God, we obey the word of God, period. Our obedience and our faith and our allegiance is to the Lord Jesus Christ, Yahshua, above all things else. And as we head into the end of days, this is going to be tested. That is why in Revelation we have, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we loved our lives not unto death. And today many Christians prove that very phrase. They're martyred because they love the Lord, and they're not going to recant their faith nor go back to what they were. Now, Paul emphasizes why this would be the case. That's what this is. Because basically before they yielded their, themselves servants unto godlessness because they were not born again, as Christ said, or John said of Christ in John chapter 1, that as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God the power to become the sons of God. Then in John 3, he says that power comes from the fact that we are born again of the Spirit of God. Our bodies are that temple of the Spirit of God. So there are a lot of things here, and this includes the Christians that are in the, in the churches. Those churches are not the temple of God. You are the temple of God, and you go to church, and you go together with other believers, and the Spirit of God is in you, not in that church. The only reason the Spirit of God is in the church is because the Spirit of God is in you, and you're in that church. And the only reason you have church is because we're two or more of you that have the Spirit of God within you. You've been born again by a Spirit, and you're there, and you're gathered together. He says that he will be in the midst, and so... He begins to move when there's unity and union uh, of all those who are in the Spirit, you know, because you're born again, you have the Spirit of God within you, and you get together and you rejoice and praise God, and he moves. And you say, boy, we had good church today. And many times we uh, combine, you know, all those things that happen, and we attribute it to an evangelist or pastor or some special meeting, and to the church we might even be going to. That's what we do in America. But the fact remains is, you're going to be tested on this later, but not by me. By life itself and the way this country is going, especially in America, the churches are going to have a wake-up call like they've never had. That is, unless this thing gets turned around. And so Paul says, but God be thanked. You were a bunch of stinking heathen. No, well, he said, you were the servants of sin. That's what a stinking heathen is. Now, you may not like that verbiage, but you better get used to it. You were a stinking heathen. You didn't deserve to be saved, but God, through his grace, is willing to save anybody that will repent, no matter how stinky you were. But once you come to Christ through faith, and you become born again, 
you're no longer a stinking heathen. You are a servant of righteousness, the Son of God, and you are that one who spreads his message and is his representative here on this earth. So there's a difference. And this is going to be a test, I'm telling you. And this is when we see what's happening in America. Of course, this is, you know, folks, this is not new for us here. We've been warning for over two decades. The first time we talked about what was coming was back in the mid-70s. We've known this for decades. We've warned. We've talked to people. And people don't want to talk about it. I can tell you that. <clears throat> and, of course, people are so easy to get offended and everything else. And so this is why people get in their churches and have their little cliques and do their little stuff. And, of course, Johnny, Marthy, Billy, you know, are all together in one group. And then Andrew and Phyllis and all the others are in another group. And then you have old man Harvey and a few others of the old men over in another group. But you come together. Well, see, I've been in churches like that, and that's exactly what they do. They have their own little cliques, their little groups, and that's where they stick. But we are all of the same spirit and of all the same body. Now, Paul makes this absolutely clear in Romans 6 that we've been made free from sin. We've been made free from those things of the flesh, and we are servants of righteousness. He goes on to say in verse 19, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. <laughs> I like this infirmity of your flesh. What infirmity do you have? And we talk about that today. We think of sickness or maybe you have some kind of a physical ailment that you were born with. But he's talking about this. For as you as have yielded your members servants to uncleanness, and to iniquity unto iniquity. In other words, there was never an end of this. And so when you look up in America, and you see the leaders of our country willing to initiate godless laws and lead a nation into bondage and slavery, getting rid of the Constitution, and doing anything they can to bring it in. Now that's godlessness. That, my friends, is also judgment. But see, the thing of it is, people do today, and they have always, from the beginning. <laughs> they were servants to uncleanness. Now, iniquity unto iniquity. Now you may have think that you're perfect all your life, but... You know, if your mom and dad are gone, like my mom and dad are gone, or Towers, you know, we could bring them, if we could bring them back and ask them, Mom and Dad, were we a problem at any time in our lives? I'm sure they would say, No, honey, you were perfect. What, you really think so? No, they wouldn't. You see, because nobody knows better than the parents, and nobody knows better than your friends, and nobody knows better than your family. Is he perfect? Oh, yeah, he is. She knows very well he isn't perfect, but she ain't going to tell anybody. And the devil knows that you haven't been perfect, and he ain't going to tell anybody as long as you stay in line with what he wants you to do. But see, people aren't sinners.
because they happen to sin. They sin because they are sinners from the get-go. Because you are sinners, you are born into iniquity. With a curse over your head, separated from God. And only through the work of Yahshua, Jesus Christ, on that cross, triumphing over principalities and powers, can you be made free. But see, the truth of it is, which I've explained in a number of broadcasts, that there's, and these are actual examples of people on the street who come in and you talk to them about being born again, being delivered from the lust of the flesh, they turn around and tell you, well, we like the lust of the flesh. <laughs> so, well, you're not supposed to. Don't you know? But, you know, that that's the way it is. They They need the Spirit of God to bring them in. And then you see those that are that are Muslims that are persecuting Christians even unto death and all of a sudden Christ appears to them. We've had this testimony many, many, many times. And um, all of a sudden they're accepting the Lord. They're a Christian. They're going to those whom they persecuted. They're entering into fellowship with them and all the other Muslims are mattered and, get, and, and all get out. Now this also goes for the Hindus and many other, other religious groups because they frankly can't figure it out because they don't have the same power. But see, you were servants of sin. And when you were servants of sin, this is verse 20, you're free from righteousness, right? You don't have to worry about righteousness if you're a servant of sin. I know when I was a servant of sin, we've all been servants of sin, but if you go back, you didn't care about righteousness. You probably didn't think that, that you were good enough or that God really cared or whatever it was until one day. And for me, it was in the cab of my truck after an argument. And I was out in the middle of a desert, practically. Me and my truck. Out in the middle of nowhere. And the Lord began speaking to me. He was right there. I wrote a track many years ago called I Met God in the Desert. And that's exactly what... It was translated into a number of languages in India, and they were passing it around, but I did meet God in the desert. That's where I was at when he, <laughs> when he caught up with me, and right alongside the road. As cars zipped by, my car, my truck door opened, I was on catty corner off the road, there I was. Nobody said, hey, what the, what's he doing over there? Well, I was finding the true and the living God over there in those weeds. It wasn't the burning bush, but there were bushes there. And the burning was in my heart. You see, this is the way God works. And when we see overseas the testimonies coming in, it's all over the place. So I've come to one conclusion over these years. It doesn't matter if Satan himself is on that throne over there. God's going to have his will done. It doesn't matter who's up there. The plague of death, no matter what it is, as believers, as Christ, we've got a Lord who can conquer all, has conquered all, and we are his children, and we can look to him, and we can call on him. Period. So Paul says, for when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. He asks then, what fruit had you then in those things whereof you were now ashamed? Or are you ashamed? 
Well, I can tell you, if you're truly born again and serve God, the things that you used to do, you don't want to remember. And the devil will use those against you. And when he does that, know this is a ploy. And what you do is say this. I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name. I rebuke the spirit behind that thought in Jesus' name. And I bind that spirit and cast it into outer darkness in Jesus' name. And I rebuke the flesh for thinking it. Father, cleanse my heart, my mind, my soul, and my spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. You rebuke it. You bring it into captivity. That's what the scripture says. You grab that thing, and while you're grabbing the thought, you grab that stinking spirit behind that. And you cast his butt, if he has one, into outer darkness. Because I can tell you, on the other side, they don't want you to rebuke them. They don't want you to come after them. But you need to understand that God said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's what he said, resist. But if you're not going to resist, that's why you have problems and issues. And you have to have faith when you resist. You have to know that Christ has conquered all. If Christ hasn't conquered all and you don't believe in and you believe that that he hasn't conquered all, then you're not going to have any free in your brain. You know how many people are going crazy today and have over the years because they don't keep their thoughts? You know many, many years ago I heard Ken Copeland say one thing and you know, I I'm not a friend of his or a follower. Uh, he's not an enemy, but, you know, he says the biggest the biggest uh, fight you're going to have is in your mind. He says you need to learn to conquer that in, in, in power of the Lord. And he's right. You need to learn to rebuke these spirits, fight these spirits. And also you can fight them by simply having the right music, singing the right songs, getting the word of God in you, and keeping... You know, keeping your place clean before God, and that is your body. Because if you're going to church and expecting God to keep your mind clean, your body clean, and you on a right order, but you're out fiddling around and doing things that are sinful, it, it ain't going to work that way. Like I told one young man who complained about one of my videos on Halloween when I told him, you know, there that's the devil's holiday. Well, see, I celebrated uh, Halloween with the rest of them. When I was running around the street with a sack, I wanted a sack full of candy. I didn't think about the devil. I was a Methodist kid growing up. But see, the thing of it is there are people on Halloween that are doing sacrifices and things that are dark. Now, I can tell you without even, I don't even have to prove this because I know it. There are people in your government today that are bonifiable Satanists, and they have done this kind of thing. And there are those in this country that do it on a regular basis, at any rate, and they're around the world. Now see, we today walk in Christ. We don't have to be ashamed today. And you don't have to be ashamed of the things that you used to do because it's under the blood. And that's another thing you can say. I'm covered under the blood. It's under the blood because of Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, devil, you're going to rot. You're going to burn in, in, in Sheol. You're going to be in the lake of fire. In Jesus' name. And when you're rebuking these spirits, always rebuke in Jesus' name. 
If you say, I rebuke you, be sure to add on, in Jesus' name. Because without him, you can do nothing. These spirits obey the Lord of glory. Verse 22. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now that is Romans 6.23. That is a real popular um, real popular among those soul winners who especially during the uh, the four spiritual laws when people like to lead you through a lot of this stuff and uh, you know there is wages and and that means that you earn you earn your sin you see there there is a wage you live your life and whatever you do earns you a wage and if you don't know the Lord, your wages are going to be death. Wages of sin unto death. Because the scripture tells us, this comes out of the law, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the soul that sinneth, it shall die. So if all souls have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the soul that sinneth sh shall die, then there's no hope for anybody. Well, yes, there is. That's why God sent his son. And he was crucified before the beginning of creation, of everything to come. Because, number one, God knew man would fall. Number two, he knew man would need to be redeemed. And so all the stuff that God was doing through Abraham all the way, all the way, even unto Moses. And then later on through Jacob, and you have the tribes of Israel. Everything is a foreshadow. There's a reason. There's something you can learn for every, every one of those. And then Yahshua came and fulfilled all the law and the prophets. The wages of sin is death. But see, we don't have to die. We're not afraid of that death. Now see, the second death, see, and, and that's where the Lord said, the soul that sins, it shall die. Why? Because this body of flesh is dying from the minute that it was born because of the the wages of sin which came through the fall of man and not just man fell but all of creation now see even your mind and as smart as people are that mind is still part of the fallen nature and it is succumbed to the fallen nature. And that's why when you find science or technology or anything without God, that is idle. Those are idols. Only, only science and technology, anything out there, when God is involved, is not an idol. If you're following the Lord. But these, these sciences can become idols. In a wrong sense. But see this. This is where. <clears throat> we need to understand. Even in the confines of what's happening in America today. And that is. People are changing. They have ideas. Contrary. To what many of our forefathers had.
So even our forefathers would look at what these people are doing and would be absolutely catatonic with unbelief. But you see, our goal, no matter what happens in America or the world, is to know, number one, the Lord doesn't change. No matter who gets on the throne down here, no matter how many nations will serve the devil, no matter, no matter, it doesn't matter, no matter what happens in America. Because the bottom line of it is, the Lord is our Redeemer. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to stop what's happening. Now, see, this is another thing that when we talk about some of these issues that people get mad about. But see, let me tell you what to get mad about. There's a young woman who had wanted to escape North Korea because of the oppression against Christians, and she was a Christian. And so she managed to make it across the border into China. Well, over in China, she got caught and sent back. She's a woman. And she was saying, "There's the choices are this. If you tell them that you were a Christian and you escaped and you come back, you know, you were sent back and you're a Christian, that they will kill you. And it'll be slow and painful. If you don't admit it, they might just throw you in a cage anyway because you got caught. Only they'll let you live. And her home was a little cage, just big enough to get in. Most Westerners couldn't even fit in it. They kept her in there all the time. She couldn't go to the bathroom. She had nowhere to go, nowhere to walk. She was in a cage, a little small cage you'd put a dog in. Now, she was eventually released, and there's one reason that she got released. When they asked her if she was a Christian, she said no. She later recanted that. And, of course, she did eventually escape. Remember, even Peter denied. Now, see, the one place you're going to get in trouble in denial, and that is when it comes to the mark of the beast. If you take the mark of the beast, you're done, kid. If you get down into uh, Pakistan, Asiya Bibi, she was working in the fields with some other women, and they were Muslim. And so uh, they got done in the fields, and there was water there, and Asiya drank out of the water. And, of course, if you're in Pakistan or, or uh, India or any Muslim-majority country, if you are a Christian, if you drink any water, even if you have your sewer and you let it run, you can get in trouble because you're unclean. And so they complained to the imam that she blasphemed Muhammad. Uh, they took her before a court. She was found guilty, sentenced her to death. She had a husband and kids. She was in prison for nine years. And there was others, including the American Center for Law and Justice, that was uh, trying to help her. After nine years, she was uh, the the justices. This is the high court found that 
it had all been put on and she didn't do that. So they released her, but they couldn't release her right away because all the Muslims swore to kill her. So she stayed in a private custody. Her husband was able to see her and they couldn't get her out of the country. Finally, they got her out of the country and she's living somewhere in the world with her family. She didn't do any crime. Another guy got, I think he got killed, but he had a family and someone had plugged up his sewer and he went and undid it and it was his neighbor that did it because the sewer runs openly in India, apparently, because it ran right by his house and he didn't want the unclean, the unclean non-believer in Islam, he's a Christian, this Christian who is filthy. See, in these areas, Christians are looked as dogs, worse than dogs, less than a dog. Same thing with uh, North Korea. You get into China, it's the same way. Wang Yi is still in prison. He was a pastor of one of the largest churches over there. They took down his church, made everybody sign a statement, threw a bunch of them in jail, and walked away. And they've been making war against the church ever since. Now see, this is what's happening overseas. Now the point is this. Did God overthrow North Korea? Is Kim Jong-un still there, and is this persecution going on? The answer is yes. In China, you got the communists over there, and we reported many years ago, it was in the news, that there was more Christians in China, according to those that monitor this, than there were communists. So they must have got worried. So they started, after a time of allowing them to exist, to stop them totally. You get into India. Right now, they're working to get rid of every Christian and every Muslim there by the end of the year because they want Hindus only. Pakistan has been trying to get a little bit better. But you can follow this throughout the nations of men. And invariably, just like throughout Africa, and you have Al-Shabaab, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, the Fulani, Boko Haram, and others that go out and they attack Christian villages and they kill them or they kidnap the women you know and this goes on all the time nigeria is a hellhole for christians right now buhari can't stop it and he's a fulani and they're done by the fulani has has god overthrown that country has he intervened in any way has he done anything no he sustains his people and makes miracles for them but see the truth of the matter is is what the lord told us We overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and love our lives, not unto the death. We seek the Lord. He that endures to the end is he that will get saved, shall be saved. You know, sin and iniquity shall abound, but the love of many shall wax cold. Are we cold in America? You see, there's a lot of these things. And as Christians in America, we've had this stability because of our way of life. We have a constitution. We had people that were moral. But somewhere along the line, the pastors stopped preaching the gospel. The churches stopped doing that. They got into prosperity only. They forgot about the rest of that. You had the enemy begin to enter in. And so today, we've had generations of kids that were taught without prayer in school, 
without saying the allegiance, without anything at all except constantly berating your country. And they've raised up generations of kids to believe the direct opposite of what our Constitution is. And in addition to that, a lot of our churches are entertainment centers. A lot of them have convinced their people that they're going to be taken out in a rapture. So you have nobody ready for what is coming. And we have literally covered this around the world many times. And you see, there's a lot of things that you need to learn here. But we're in Romans and we're dealing with Christians who were living within the Roman Empire and there was a time and they had an open rule. They didn't bother about religion unless those religions became a threat to the Roman Empire. Now see, one of the reasons Christianity wasn't a threat and then it was was because of the work of the Jews. See, in the early part of it, there was a strong connection between the Christian church and the Jewish apostles. And the Jews had a lot of political clout. Paul was a Roman citizen. He was born that way. He knew how to deal with Rome. But you see, over time, the Jews separated from any support and began to openly follow Paul around and others. And... the cult of the Christians became an enemy in Rome. So much so that over the whole time, all the way to the end, there were quite a number of persecutions. Terrible, horrendous. Did God stop the Romans? No. But there's coming a time that he will. And we're living in that time. We don't know how far away it is. But the signs of everything happening, and I've been warning for a number of years, and Tower's been right there at my side. And we've been warning of these signs as they've come along. And we were warning of this division in America because of the last great summer eclipse that we had that divided America. It was a sign that America was divided, very divided. And, of course, that division is not healed, and a house divided against itself is not going to stand. So we go through Isaiah, we go through Romans, we go through and, and cover the gospel and, and those who are persecuted. We write in-depth articles, but they're not articles that are tutti-frutti. These are serious, in-depth articles to get people away from that which they would normally hear in church, to hear some truth, and to get them prepared for what is coming. And if you think this little bit we're going through now, this is nothing. You have people that are plotting, and when people get in power to do evil, it is terrible. Now we're in Romans 7. Serving in newness of the spirit. Struggle in this body of death. 
First, uh, Romans 7, verse 1. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. He's speaking to the Jews. How that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is freed from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she is married to another man. He's referring to the Mosaic law here. It says when she could be free and when she wouldn't be free. And of course, because this is the Mosaic law and the man, the law itself, Mosaic, sets up that lordship over man. That is what they were to follow back then. And it demanded obedience. And so, as long as that man lived under the law, and he ruled, he was okay. But yet, even with that, we find that even this particular thing, the law, can be so difficult. But Christ solved that. He says, Wherefore, because of this, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that you should bring forth fruit unto God. Now, see, this is what faith, what these brethren, see, they understood the law and how you had to adhere to it. But see, they weren't under the law anymore. Now, there were Jews that believed on Yahshua at that time. And some of these went around to conscript Christian Gentiles that they had to be circumcised. And Paul got after them. The, the apostles didn't, you know, they had to confront these Jews. These were Jews doing this. They called them, Paul calls them the concision from circumcision. So through Christ and faith in Christ, you have been delivered. Just like Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness sake, so it is for all of us today as we believe Christ and trust in his work, God our Father imputes unto us righteousness just as he did unto Abraham. And we are justified by faith and not by the works of the flesh or the works of the law. And so instead of being married to the law, to obey the law, we're married, we are joined with Christ, who was raised from the dead. And all of that, so we, in this world of lust and sin and, and fallen, where people are meeting death, there is that newness that can be renewed in us. There is that hope that can keep us going. And we can be bearers of truth in a time of evil and wickedness. We can tell them that there is hope because God heals through Christ. There is deliverance 
in this body, even the believers in Jesus Christ, we're going to put off this body of death because it's corrupted. God is going to give us new bodies instead. So we have been raised in newness. We're not in the dead anymore. We're not in darkness. So when you look around in the world, it begins to seem like it's all strange. It is strange. Why? Because we're heading in to the, to the prophetic end of days. We're there now. We're walking there now. And you have people that are doing things that they legitimately think is correct. And you have people that are persecuting Christians, and that's in, in India, in communist uh, China, or China, however you want to call it, around the world. Universally, friends, Christians are persecuted everywhere on earth right now, to some degree. But it's getting worse. But at the same time, we're seeing deliverances and miracles and signs and wonders. At the same time. And I mean miraculous Old Testament type miracles of the Son of God appearing and delivering his people. So while you're looking at mully grubs, while you're thinking how bad it is, how you're thinking that America's going to fall and you have the devil that's going to come and everybody's going to die and there's no healing and there's no hope, there is hope. The devil wants you to believe there's no hope. The devil wants you to believe that he's, that he's winning. The devil wants you to believe that darkness is light and light is dark. He wants you to turn the other way. He wants you to give up. But I'm telling you today that you are not connected to him who is dead, but you're connected to him who is alive. You're connected to him who is the I am of the I am. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the light and not the darkness. He is the healing and he is the healer in that healing. He is the deliverer in your deliverance. And he is really the true believer in your believing. He is everything. And though we put off this body of death, whether by a normal means or whether by someone killing us, martyrdom or whatever, it doesn't matter. Because on the other side, we step into glory. And that other side is going to be made real because that other side is going to inherit this earth. And we're going to be given new bodies. We're going to have this puppy. Because this planet does not belong to the devil. It doesn't belong to the wicked. It doesn't belong to George Soros. It doesn't belong to those who do wicked. It belongs to those sons and daughters of God who are found in Christ Jesus. So see yourself as married we are united one in body but we're here to bring forth fruit we're not to appease sin we're to reveal it we're to challenge it and I can tell you that the people in charge don't want you to do that they don't want you to be anti-abortion They want you to be pro-abortion. They want you to support places like Planned Parenthood. They want you to support their new avenues to teach all the children in our schools from a fourth from from age four and on up, if they can do it. That transgenderism is good. That a young boy that thinks he's a girl, they can begin giving him sex-changing drugs at an early age. 
This is an abomination. What they're trying to do is destroy the age of accountability. There's a certain age that people, that kids grow up, the age of accountability, and God knows that. He knows what the enemy's doing. And you need to save your kids. You need to watch over your kids because the devil has marked them. And if the parents are asleep, these kids are open. America has been open for a long time. The devil has been allowed and his minions to just sit there and expand their program. And everybody thought it was fine. But you see in verse 6 Paul says, But now we are delivered from the law. That being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in oldness of the letter. We're not in the oldness of the letter, folks. We're in the newness of the spirit. That old way of life is gone. You tell me you're sick, I tell you you got a healer. You tell me you're going to die, I tell you Christ is life everlasting. You tell me the world is going to hell, but it's going to go to heaven under Christ. Because these same people that are ruling in darkness and want to destroy things are the same ones that will cower in the, in the hills and the caves and the rocks of the field, looking up and crying out to them, Fallen us, fallen us, and hide from him that sits on, a, on his throne. For the time of his wrath has come. See, they've known it all along when you read that verse and look at it. The context is they're hiding because they've known all along, just like Paul said in Romans 1. That they not only knew that these things were wrong, but they encouraged others to do them also, just as they did them. But we have been delivered from the law. We're not saving them through the law. We're saving them through grace, through faith. And the power of that is that God is willing to forgive if from the heart you're willing to confess and seek him with all your heart. See, and when we do walk in the commandments, whatever the Lord tells us to do, that's in the spirit of the law. It's through the Spirit of God and through obedience to what he's called us to do. So we serve in the newness of the Spirit and you're dead to the law. That's the will of God. Because God is the Spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But Paul asked in verse 7, he said, what shall we then say or say then? Is the law sin? He says, God forbade, forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law, for I had not known lust except the law said, thou shalt not covet. See, and that's, that's the way it is. See, I was in the Methodist church. I know who Jesus was. I knew all the Bible stories. I'd been raised in that. I wasn't an unbeliever. 
But God had to get me out of the church in order to get me to understand what it was all really about. And after he did deliver me, and I came to him, and I went to Bible school, graduated, and came back, I went back to that church and confronted him. And the preacher that was in there, this their big flute and leader, he had no clue what being born again was or being saved. But I can tell you one time, the Methodists were known as the Shouting Methodists. They had also a methodical way to study scripture. But see... That law reveals to us what sin is. And Paul does say later on, he does say that when you're under, you know, in the faith with Christ, you've repented and you're serving him. We're not bound by the old Mosaic law. But in the same token, we know that there are things that are abominations that God has said. And they're abominations. He doesn't change. And that's why the scripture is plainly enforced by the apostles. That you need to walk in the light. First John 1 says that. You need to walk in the light as he is in the light, meaning the Lord. For then you have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ the Son will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So Paul says... I had not known sin but by the law. You know, if no one tells you. But see, that, whether you know it or not, whether you know it or not, the law is there. You can say, I didn't know. But ignorance... Isn't going to help you. See, that's the thing. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the soul that sinneth, it shall die. But Christ came, not not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But if you follow that verse on down, you find out that many won't come. Because they love darkness. And today, in the hour of darkness, there's many that love that darkness. But even in the midst of the darkness, and all the stuff going on, we are finding people that are coming to the Lord. And we see miracles and signs and wonders. And in America, we see people waking up. Yeah. It could be very well that we will head into a massive amount of Islamic terrorism and other terrorism simply because the Democrats opened up the border the way they did. So now you probably have a lot of the enemy in here, Iranians included. And these people will kill it at will. I can tell you from covering this in Sokin Tower, they love to attack your churches. And they love to kill in mass, and they love to blow up things. 
This is not going to be a warfare that Americans are used to. So today I suggest you pray and seek the Lord for yourself and your family. Get yourself prepared. As the Lord said, Luke 21, 34 through 36, you'll find this in there. Watch and pray always that you will be counted worthy to escape all these things that are going to come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. That's just one of the scriptures. And from time to time, I, I try to tell people how to pray. You pray this verse, include your family in it, so you be counted worthy to escape. The Lord also said, I pray thee, Father, that you would not take them out of the world, but that you would keep them from the evil. That word evil means the devil. When you were taught the Lord's Prayer, he said, deliver us from evil. You need to be praying that. You need to be praying that in faith and praying it for your family, mentioning names. Father, we thank you for this word today, Lord. Help us to be prepared. Help us to have your heart, our hearts filled with your word and your spirit following you. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming of this word in Jesus' name. Okay, Tower. Okay. That was a very good message tonight, and I hope that people will take it to heart and draw closer to the Lord. Well, we do have a little extra time here, so, you know, I, I think it's really important. You know, when we look at the events that are happening, you know, in America and around the world, that this is upsetting whatever country you're in. If, if there are things going on and, and you want peace, you want your family raised in peace, people, just because they're in other countries, doesn't mean they, want, they don't want the same things we want. That's right. Even the North Koreans. Yeah. They want to live. Yeah, they a, do. A happy life and have family. and They do. My heart goes out to Me them too. over there just so much. I, you know, and, and I've prayed against that regime, the former regimes, and, and they disappeared. Oh, I have too. And I, uh, I feel for those people. And, and sometimes we think, well, they're in North Korea and they, all they want to do is worship the Lord. I mean, worship Kim, Kim Jong-un. Yeah, and that they don't care about having a life. But they're, they're people just like we are. They have hopes and dreams and desires and just as we do for a better life. Well, you know, and that's true. You know, we we may have more technology, we may have better houses or civilization, but I got news for you. When America falls, it'll be the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. Yes, and it sir. will not be like the Soviet Union falling. It will not be like any other nation you've ever seen fall. You already have a lot of different groups that are coveting this nation. So make no mistake about it. And I've been doing this a lot of years, and I've interviewed a lot of people in the days that I was doing interviews. Many who knew what was coming. And some of them simply say, I'm just planning on being killed because it's going to be so bad. Well, I believe that there is an escape through Christ. Amen. But whatever happens, I'm looking to the Lord. Well, um, I see this right now, what's happening in America is as judgment. But 
in God's judgment, he has mercy and he's yeah. using this. I see it as mercy as well. He's using this to draw people to him that they will wake up and come to him before it completely goes down. And I think the judgment on America is going to be worse than any country because they knew the Lord. We knew the Lord. Our foundation was built upon the Lord God. Yep. Well, we're going to have to get out of here, folks. Okay, well, goodbye, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful day. Enjoy your Friday. Look to him. Stay safe. We love you. We pray for you. And we hope the best for you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Good day, everybody. Good night, everybody. Go by warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. We'll see you next time. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.